You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Who Stole My Heart is the title of this devotion. And I know that when we think about somebody stealing a heart, we're talking about falling in love. And that somebody stole my heart. Oh, I'm so in love. I can't stop thinking about them. I can't stop thinking about them. I just can't wait to be with them. I'm in love. Who stole my heart? But you see, this is something that God thinks about maybe perhaps a lot more than we realize. Here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 11, Okay, harlotry, wine, and new wine enslaves the heart. The proverb, the the. Let's see here in the King, the the Amplified translation, how it says that verse here, four eleven, harlotry and wine and new wine take away the heart and the mind and the spiritual understanding. Harlotry, of course, means immorality. Where harlotry, a prostitute, sells herself for sexual pleasure, for somebody who pays her for the sexual pleasure. And harlotry speaks about a heart being given for immorality. Wine and new wine enslave the heart. Some people, they like the wine when it's real old. Some people like it when it's all new and unusual and everything. The point here that I look to make with you is not about wine as such, but more about that which enslaves the heart, that which um, estranges the heart from the Lord. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 17, understood how vulnerable the heart is to be captured. When Jeremiah, in this incredible chapter, it's so worth studying, he says, Thus says the Lord, in verse 19, no, that's the wrong chapter, verse 9, The heart, Jeremiah, is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In other words, you can, your heart can be captured by something, but you're not willing to admit it to yourself. You're not willing to acknowledge it, that you have allowed your heart to be enticed that your heart secretively, underhandedly, is starting to search for that satisfaction, for that satisfaction or for the escape of what demands your faith to rise, your spirit to mature, your character to endure, and your heart is being adulterated. It's being pulled away by something. And, And Jeremiah understood how the heart can be so deceitful in its motivations and how important it is for us to guard our heart because here in Hebrews chapter three, 
in this incredible chapter where he's quoting from Psalm 95, which in itself would be worth reading to you right now. He says in verse 7 of Hebrews 3, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and then he begins to quote Psalm 95, Today, if you will hear his voice, if you want to be sensitive to the divine promptings, to the divine leadings, to divine guidance, to divine instructions. You know, my father wrote my mother a letter in 1952 and he put PS328 at the top. And I asked my mom, what's PS328? She says, Psalm 32, verse 8, I will guide you with my eye and instruct you in the way you should go. You see, the heart that is true to God cannot bear not to be guided by God, instructed and led by Him. The heart that's deceived, as he said there in Hosea, what stole your heart from God is harlotry, the love for immorality, for fleshly satisfaction, and for wine. It stole your heart away from God. You are now more thinking about the pleasure you can have out of these things than you can out of your fellowship with the Heavenly Father. And friends, this is a more important subject than we realize. Jeremiah understood how the heart could be so deceived. And here the Lord himself again says to you and me, if you want to hear my voice, don't harden your heart. And then he gives the example of what he means about the hardening of the heart as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart. You see? They go astray in their heart. Their heart doesn't hold in when the challenge is on. Their heart does not stay loyal, faithful, true. He says in the Living Bible, I read it and it just so touched me how he said it here in Hebrews 3 verse 7 in the Living. Uh, He says, uh, verse 10, okay, But God says, I was very angry with them, for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me. And they never found the path I wanted them to follow. You see, their hearts were always looking somewhere else. You know, a heart that isn't set, and I'm going to talk about it this week, how to set your heart. A heart that isn't set is a heart that is vulnerable to all the pulls and enticements and for your heart to be stolen by this or by that. And the problem with that kind of a heart, it never gets happy. It never gets satisfied. It never feels you've arrived. It never feels you belong. It never feels you fit. A heart that is constantly enticed away from its commitments becomes demoralized. It becomes bad, a bad heart, an evil heart, he says here. He says, <clears throat> he says, beware, brethren, verse 12 of Hebrews 3, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. The heart becomes so messed up 
It doesn't know anymore what it believes, what it wants, what it loves, what it doesn't love, what it likes, what it doesn't like. It just goes in and out. One moment you're happy, the next you explode in frustration. And that's a heart that's not set. He said, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. One of the things that makes the heart evil, yes, is unbelief. You have no more dependency on God. No more reliance on Him. No more blessed assurance, my Father loves me, my Father is with me, my heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 112, I'm not moved by any evil. Your heart gets enticed and it becomes corrupt inside because it's not anymore trusting, relying, depending on God. He says, therefore, verse 13, exhort one another daily, while it's yet called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, because we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Therefore, if you want to hear His Spirit, the weakness of His Spirit in you, don't allow your heart to become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin and the corruption that seeks to steal it away. You know, I t- really believe in this, friends. I really do. <clears throat> Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all that you need to guard while you're in this earth, in this body, it's your heart. Your heart is what you need to guard. Above all that you guard guard your own heart. The Bible says a good man's heart is at his right hand. That means, do you know where your heart is? Do you know what you love? Do you know what you desire? Do you know what you want? Do you know one of the great powers of being born again, of being made alive inwardly by the spirit of life in Christ. You know what's one of the great powers, the great signs that you truly are alive with Christ is that His Spirit yearns within you with jealousy for the will of the Father to be done in our lives as it is in heaven. It says that there in James chapter 4, verse 5, that the Spirit yearns within us with jealousy. In other words, God does not want you and me to have a divided heart. He doesn't want us to be unsatisfied, not knowing what I want, not knowing where I'm coming from, where I'm going, not knowing my home, my satisfaction, my completeness. Do you want to dig deeper in your study of Reformed theology? The All of Life for God podcast, presented by Reformation Heritage Books, offers you weekly sermons, audiobook chapters, and interviews that will help strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ. So what are you waiting for? Just search All of Life for God wherever you get your podcast and start listening today. Presented by Reformation Heritage Books. Come on, folks. You want to let God create in you such a heart that you know I'm in the right place. I'm in God's will. He loves me. He's for me. Who can be against me? 
I know what God wants from me. I know what he wants. And I know what he is working in me. He wants me to love him. <coughs> Look, it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Meditate on that thought. God wants to have that oneness with you and me. Anything less than that, and he's not satisfied. All that he strives for through the blood and the spirit in you and me is to live in oneness with us and to have us live in oneness with him so that the world may see in us that the Father sent his Son to save us and loves us as much as he loves him. You see, dear friends, God longs for that oneness and one of the great powers I told you of being a Christian, being born again, one of the great signs of being a Christian, being born again, is that the Spirit yearns within you with groanings and feelings that you don't know how to express. But the Father, it says in Romans 8, 26, 27, who searches our hearts, understands that the Holy Spirit in you is yearning longing for that oneness and it's the spirit in us and the spirit of the father and the father the spirit of the father in heaven and the spirit of the father in us that connect us and by one spirit we are baptized into that oneness we connect spiritually we connect spiritually with the heavenly father inwardly that is the holy spirit speaking within us it's God doesn't need your ears to talk to you. He speaks straight to your spirit. God is spirit and he speaks straight to your spirit. And having that word alive in us shows that we're born of God, shows that we're alive. And what does the Father want out of that oneness? Love, love, fatherly love, <clears throat> fatherly love. He wants that communion. He wants you to never feel awkward in his presence. He never wants you to feel estranged from him. He never wants you to feel separated from him. He never wants you to feel like he's not there for you, that he is not watching over you, upholding you, carrying you, providing for you, sustaining you, and leading you and guiding you into your everlasting home when you can leave this body without fear and know that he has a place prepared for you. He wants you to live in that wonderful, confident rest when all the storms are around you and all the trials and testings of life. And you say of God before me, who can be against me? Who can separate me from his love? He did not spare his own son for me. How he will not freely with him give me all things. Oh, worthy, worthy. See, he wants that wonderful spirit of love. Look what it says here. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God. Jesus called this the greatest commandment of the Lord. And the Bible says, if we do this commandment, Jesus said, if you fulfill this commandment, you fulfill all the expectations of the law and the prophets. And he says, the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself is one with this commandment. You cannot say you love God 
and not show it to your neighbor. That's not possible. If you truly love God, it shows how you express that love for others. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, to love the Lord your God, which I have commanded you today, shall be in your heart. This is what needs to have our hearts, folks. I don't want my heart ever to be stolen away from my affection for God. I don't want my heart ever to be stolen away from my love for my dear wife. Oh, God forbid. No, God forbid. It would scare me silly if such a thought would come to me that that I would not stay in that sweet oneness with her in the love we have for over 40 years now. It would scare me silly. No, no, I don't want to know it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to be conscious of it. I don't want to have anything to... I want to be able to look at other ladies in the church or wherever as sisters in the Lord whom I can love with Christ's love and be friendly, but never with the familiarity that belongs only to me and Virginia. And so much more so. We need to live in that sweet oneness with the Father. And I know, I know, friends, like Jeremiah said in chapter 17, the heart of man can be so deceitful, Lord. We can, uh, the heart can be so stupid sometimes, so vulnerable, so easily enticed, so easily drawn away. It can be so easily caught off guard and all of a sudden something stole your heart and now these thoughts are in you and pulling on you to seeking to gain root in you to get you to think on it, be busy with it. And if you don't immediately say, oh, Father, 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 forgive me. I wasn't watchful. I wasn't watchful. Oh, Father, I confess that this is wrong. I don't want these thoughts in my heart. I don't want these feelings in my heart. No, my heart is yours, Lord. My heart is yours. My heart is, belongs to Virginia in oneness with you, Father. No, I repent of these thoughts, Father. Forgive me. And the Bible says, if you confess your sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. And the Bible talks about it. I'll talk about it more this week, how He sprinkles the heart with the blood of His Son, The Holy Spirit administers the power of that blood that cleanses the heart and removes these stains, these feelings, these thoughts, these pullings so that your heart can't be stolen. Folks, if you don't want your heart stolen away, you have to take better care of it. And otherwise, it is stolen by anything and everything and the heart becomes wanting, wanting. I know I don't pronounce that right, wanting. It's kind of the heart is not happy, it's not fulfilled, it's not satisfied, it's not whole, it's not complete. So it's looking for something to, inter- to satisfy its longing. While you have, you know, your personal relationship with the Father, or like for me, while I have my personal relationship with my wife, and it not be enough and for me to look at some other woman to find more food, because no. You see, that's wanting. I'm trying to describe the heart that's wanting. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He satisfies me with marrow and fatness. 
the Bible says in Psalm 63, he satisfies me. Oh, hallelujah, how I love to live satisfied, complete, happy, wanting nothing. Oh, I'm so happy, I'm so thankful. That is a whole healthy heart. But let me close with this. All of our hearts can sometimes be stolen, enticed away, caught off guard, and all of a sudden desires are pulling, thoughts are pulling, connections are pulling. What do we have to do? We have to just simply go to God and say, Lord, if you don't keep my heart, I cannot be the one that can keep it alone. I need your help to keep my heart. And I need you to create in me a clean heart, Lord. Wash me. Sprinkle my heart with your blood. Hebrews 10 verse 22. Sprinkle it with your blood. Hebrews 9 verse 14. Cleanse it. Remove these desires. Remove these contending forces in me. I don't want to know them. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I want to have a whole heart with which to love you and to bless you. You know, I'll give you my last scripture, otherwise this devotion becomes too long, but this little scripture, I just got so caught up with it. I, I just, my, I have it all on the lines, and I wrote here, wow, and I wrote here, Christ, uh, uh, unite, I wrote here, unite my heart to fear your name. I wrote it here with big letters in my Bible. David is praying, in this incredible Psalm 86. And he says in verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Remember, when the heart goes astray, it doesn't know the way. I read to you from Hebrews 3, verse 7 and 8. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That word, unite my heart to fear your name. Give me singleness of heart is what that means. Don't let my heart be divided. You see, adultery, and I know it is, it's acceptable way of living nowadays for people. But folks, adultery simply means a split heart. You still love your wife, or your husband, depending on what you know, which side it is. But now you also love somebody else and you divide it inside and it destroys you. You have so much Bible and Proverbs chapter five and many other chapters. It, there's so much to say about this. You know, I, I, for example, here in Proverbs chapter five, you have these incredible verses here that you can read and pray it, it, it talks about, let your fountain, verse 18 of Proverbs, uh, oh, you, you hear Proverbs 5, verse 15, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your fountain be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed. Rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving dear and a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman embraced, embraced in the arms of a seductress? 
for the ways of men are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths and on and on and on. You see, adultery is not just in the relationship of a married person with somebody outside of that marriage. Yes, and he shows you. No, be satisfied at home. And yeah, you have to sometimes say, Lord, I need you to renew things at home. I need you to do a miracle at home. Things are broken at home. I need you to heal my sister and restore my sister. And I want to drink fresh water out of my own sister. And the supply of happiness in my own home needs to be restored, Lord. I tell you, God will do it without question. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about our relationship with the Heavenly Father. It can become estranged. The Bible says in one place that your idols restrain you from me, says the Lord. And where we need the Lord to restore our heart in our communion with him. And we say, Father, unite my heart as David was praying to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart and I will glorify your name forever and so forth. It's a phenomenal Psalm 86. So I want to encourage you today. Who stole your heart? Does the Lord have your heart? My heart is yours, Lord. My heart is yours, Father. I love you. I'm satisfied in you. I'm complete in you. You're more than enough for me, Father. Father, I thank you for taking all my heart. I want you to have all my heart, my soul, and my body. I want to love you with my whole heart, Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. I want to love you with my whole heart, with my whole soul, with my whole mind, with my whole strength. And I want to be able to live that at home is what he's talking about there in Deuteronomy 6. I want everybody in my home to feel your love. I want anybody coming to my home to feel your love, Father. I want my home to be an oasis of love in this troubled world. Father, I'm yours, Lord. My heart is yours. I give it and I trust you to take it all and possess my whole spirit, soul, and body. And I believe that you're able to do this, that I am completely one with you, Father. Oh, Father, you're so good to me for loving me. Amen. Have a good day.